You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Good morning. Today we are starting a brand new series entitled Summer Baggage. This is our very last series of the summer, which is super hard to believe that summer has come and almost gone already. But if you're anything like me, you really enjoy going somewhere over the summer. You like taking some type of trip. Some people may call it a vacation if you don't have kids. It's just, it really depends uh, where you are in life. So if you're anything like me, you like to go somewhere. If you're anything like my wife, you like to pack the entire car before you go. Amen? Guys, amen? That's what, that, that, they just like to pack stuff. There's bag after bag after bag. We just went to the beach a couple weeks ago, and my nine-year-old almost had to ride on the roof because there was so much stuff that had to be put in the car because that's precious cargo. So we, we almost had to make a choice. Fortunately, we did not. They, they all got to ride in the car, very packed out. Um, it, was, it was crazy. The worst part about this is when you actually get to where you're going, then you have to take everything out of the car. And the worst part, even, even more so, is if there's stairs where you, where you are going, if your destination has stairs. That's something that I've never paid attention to when we're choosing a spot. But after this year, that's something I'm going to start paying attention to. Because not only do you have to take the bags out of the car, you then have to take the bags up the stairs. And then that was just to get to the front door. This was a two-story house, so there was more stairs to take the bags. And the light bags, you can kind of handle those. It's not that bad. So the bathroom bag, you pick it up, you walk up the stairs, and you're feeling pretty good. This is going to be a good trip. Then you pick up the wife's bag. And it's like she brought the entire bedroom with her. And this bag is a little bit heavier. This bag is one of those bags where you're walking up the stairs and you're carrying it with both arms and you're just hugging it, hoping you don't fall. You're hoping you don't lose your balance. You're hoping that you can actually fit it through the door when you get up there. This bag is just huge. And that happened to me a couple weeks ago. Transparency. My wife packed a lot of bags. I had one. One. She had a lot. But I love her, and I'll take her anywhere she wants to go, and she can pack as many bags as she wants to pack. Today is her birthday, so happy birthday to you, sweetheart. We are, if we're going to be honest, life is, is this way, right? We, we have bags all throughout life. We have different things that happen, different circumstances that take place. We just have different seasons of life that brings different types of baggage or luggage. And some of that baggage is really light and we can continue on in life and we really don't notice it. But then there are other times where the baggage is really heavy, where it really weighs us down. And sometimes we, we really recognize what it is, but we refuse to do something about it. And then there are times where we're just not really sure what's going on. And the baggage is just weighing us down like we've never experienced and we really don't know how to get out of that situation. And over the next few weeks, I want to talk about 
three really common things that we allow to weigh us down. And I think if we can be honest, we've all probably experienced these three things that we're going to discuss over the next three weeks at some point in our life. And this morning, what we're going to do as we dig in, we're going to look at the Word. Are you ready? Everybody say, I'm ready. We're going to look at the Word unforgiveness. We're going to see how once we allow unforgiveness to settle into our lives, that it weighs us down like never before. That is something that, that isn't of God, and it's something that will cause chaos and havoc in our life. And I want you to see that. I want you to really understand what unforgiveness does to someone. How much it really does weigh us down. We're going to be in the book of Matthew this morning, chapter 18. And what I want to do is we're going to break this up just a little bit, but I want us to understand why we should forgive. And then I want us to look at some, some pitfalls of unforgiveness and then some misconceptions of forgiveness and really speak truth over us from the Word of God this morning about what forgiveness really is and why forgiveness is so important. So we're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 24. Verse 24 says, When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Verse 30, he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw that what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. God, I pray that you speak this morning, that you help us to truly understand the power of forgiveness. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I want you to understand from this, from this parable, from this story is this, is that this, this, this servant who is, this whole thing is focused around, he, he owes a, a ton of money. And I think what we fail to do sometimes is when we break this down, we fail to really explain how much the debt really was. So this first servant owed what would be about $12 billion dollars. In today's, today's market, today's money would be $12 million. That's how much he owed. He, he bows down or he, he kneels down and he pleads for forgiveness. His master says, I forgive you. Your debt is wiped away. 
And then he goes, and one of his servants owes him some money. Now, what this is, it was one six hundred thousandth of what he was just forgiven. Now, I want to put this in perspective for you. Say you owe someone $600,000. And this, this person is about to sell you, sell your wife, sell your kids. And some of you are like, praise God. But that's, that's not a good thing, right? We don't want our wife and our kids sold. We want to keep them. We love them. But here, you owe someone $600,000. And you're begging for your life. You're begging for them to forgive you. And they say, hey, you know what? I'm going to have mercy on you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forgive your debt. Go and live life. You were just forgiven $600,000. And as you go, you realize that someone now owes you $1. $1. And you go to them and you, you put them in an in a undertaker chokehold and you demand your payment of them. And they kneel down and they plead just like you did, but you don't forgive them. You send them off to jail. Man, what do we act like that? And some of you may say, I would never do that. I would never act like that. But here is the truth of this entire story. Is that God has forgiven us more than we could ever forgive anyone else. Is that our sin, our, our filthiness, our rags were forgiven by God. Because He loves us. And because He wants an intimate relationship with us. He said, hey, I, I'm forgiving you of your sin. Come to me. I want to I make you whole. I want to make you new. I want to forgive your debt. And then we go about life and someone may offend us and we refuse to forgive them because of the nature or the level or the, the type of person or whatever it may be. And what I don't want to do this morning is minimize an offense that you've experienced in your life. I don't want to do that because I, I understand that people have been hurt. I understand that people have gone through things that they should have really never gone through. It's something that you wouldn't wish on anyone. And some of you have been through those situations. And I don't want to minimize that at all. But I want you to know the truth this morning. Is that God has forgiven us more than we could ever forgive anyone else. And that's the truth. So if we live with unforgiveness, what does that do? And I just really quickly, I'm going to give you two pitfalls of unforgiveness. And then I want to give you two misconceptions about forgiveness. The first pitfall of unforgiveness is this. Unforgiveness causes collateral damage. I want you to think about it like this. I, I heard a story of a, of a pit bull tied to a bench because he was kind of mean and they didn't really want people to come around and, and pet him and they didn't want him running off chasing people. So they tied him to this bench right on the side of the street. And people kept walking by and, and so a group of teenagers came by and they began to taunt the dog. They made the dog so angry that he ripped the bench out of the ground and began to chase after them. And everything that was in the path was hit 
not just by the dog, but also by the bench. And that's what happens with unforgiveness. See, what happens is we allow unforgiveness to stay in our life. We allow it to, to take residence within us. We allow it to be chained to us. And every relationship that we ever get into is damaged because of the unforgiveness in our life. I want you to picture uh, a row of, of people just standing up here, two different rows. And you have this huge, huge bag or huge weight that you have to carry. And I want, want you to picture someone trying to run through that row of people. And at first, maybe they can make it through because they're just now grabbing that weight and it's not too heavy and they make it through and they don't hit anyone. And then they run through again and they make it through and they don't hit anyone. But the heavier the weight gets, the less control they have. So as they're running through this row of people, they begin to sway and that weight begins to hit people on both sides because unforgiveness causes collateral damage. You may be in a relationship right now that is suffering because you have unforgiveness in your life from years and years ago. Unforgiveness causes collateral damage. It may not even be that the person that you're taking the frustration out on is even the culprit of the unforgiveness. But not only does unforgiveness cause collateral damage, the second thing is this, unforgiveness leads to bitterness. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness. So this is what happens. We, we allow this unforgiveness to settle in. Something has happened to us. Someone has done something to us. We're hurt. We're suffering. We're in pain. We don't believe that they deserve forgiveness. We don't want them to be forgiven. And what that does is the more that it settles in, it leads to bitterness in our life. And bitterness eventually leads to resentment. And Paul is pretty clear about bitterness. He says, hey, don't practice that because that's wicked. He calls it wicked behavior when we become bitter. We see that in the book of Ephesians. That he says, hey, don't, don't become this way. But what happens is before we even know it, we've allowed unforgiveness to settle in, to take residence in our hearts, and it leads to bitterness toward someone else. And again, sometimes it's not even the offender it's whatever relationship we get in, we allow that bitterness to show because of the collateral damage that the unforgiveness is causing. And unforgiveness is a weight that we carry around, sometimes unknowingly, but a lot of times knowingly. We realize that, man, you know what? I do know that I haven't forgiven this person yet. And you know why? They don't deserve it. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that the person that hurt you, that the person that, that did something bad to you, that the person that caused suffering and heartache and brokenness in your life, I'm not going to stand up here and say that they deserve forgiveness. What I'm going to say is that you're commanded to forgive them. 
Because guess what? We didn't deserve forgiveness either. We don't deserve the grace and the mercy of God, but he loves us enough to bestow that upon us each and every day. Because his mercies really are new every morning. Man, we get to live in that and we get to walk in that. And then we, we just somehow, and I don't want to say it's an arrogant thing. What I want to say is, is we just don't quite understand yet. It just, we haven't grasped the, the reality of this, that God in his holiness has forgiven the filthiness of man. But we've been hurt. And you say, hey, Dustin, I, I know what you're saying, man, but you just don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what, what I've been through. You don't know what this person said. You don't know what this person did. You don't know what this person has caused in my life. And I really don't know. And I'm not trying to minimize that. And that leads to what the misconceptions of forgiveness are. And the first misconception of forgiveness is this. Forgiveness excuses the offense. And I want you to understand that that's not the truth. That forgiveness doesn't excuse what someone did. Forgiveness doesn't excuse the offense. It highlights the goodness of God. It says, hey, this, this offense is bad and it doesn't make it good just because I'm forgiving you. But what it is, is it's showing that God is better. That God is always good. And that I'm going to trust and I'm going to focus on who He is, not on what you've done to me. What you did is not okay. What you said is not okay. But I'm going to forgive you because my God is good and He's commanded me to forgive you. I'm going to forgive you because God loves you even when it's hard for me to. Forgiveness doesn't excuse the offense, and it just highlights the goodness of God. The second misconception of forgiveness is this. Forgiveness lets the offender win. Now, people, people have come to me and say, I just can't forgive because if I forgive them, then, then they're just off the hook. It lets them win. It shows that they, they've won in this situation, that they have power over me. And man, my friend, that is not the truth this morning. Here's the truth. Forgiveness isn't letting the offender win. It's proclaiming God as victorious. It's saying that, hey, God, I'm letting you win. I'm giving you control of this situation. I no longer want to be weighed down by the unforgiveness that I have in my heart. I no longer want to be weighed down by the bitterness that has come. I'm not saying that the offender is winning. I'm saying that you have won, that you are winning. I'm allowing you to get the honor and the glory. Help me get through this situation. And you say, man, that sound, all that sounds okay. That's great. But it, how do I do this? How do I really begin to forgive someone? Because that's what we really want to know, right? I mean, we understand that unforgiveness is bad. Maybe some of this has helped a little bit so far, but man, we have to get practical with this, right? We have to really understand how do we forgive someone? How do we do it? Don't just stand up there and tell me that I need to. 
I want you to help me understand how to do it. And here, I'm going to give you one really quick, cliche answer that's the truth. You start praying for people. You start praying for people. And man, some of you are like, I could never pray for them. I don't want to pray for them. They don't deserve my prayers. But this is what happens. That God begins to do what only God can do. Because we're going to Him with our deepest brokenness. There's some things that we're just not going to be able to do on our own. This is one of them. Some of you have been hurt so bad and have experienced so much heartache. And it could have been a one-time thing or maybe it was really acute and it's just something that's happened over time and it's just built up and built up and built up in your life. And you never really thought about it before, but you realize that you have some bitterness. So maybe that's making you think, well, maybe I have some unforgiveness deep down that I really haven't dealt with. And if we continue to live life with this weight, and I'm afraid that you're not going to live in the fullness of life that God really has for you. So what do we do? We pray for people. We pray for the offender. I want you to, to listen to this story. So as a survivor of a concentration camp during the Holocaust, Corey Ten Boom dedicated her life to traveling and preaching about forgiveness. She told the stories of losing her family members in the war and how she had to release the bitterness and anger toward those who harmed them. She is quoted as saying this, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. And God will give us the love to be able to forgive our enemies. Later in life, Corey met one of the concentration camp guards when she attended or when he attended one of her meetings. After initially struggling, she graciously forgave, embraced, and wept with him. I forgive you, brother. I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. But even so, I realized it was not my love. I had tried and did not have the power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, unforgiveness is something that's so strong and so powerful that we need God's help. We need God's help to get us through we need God to remove this weight, this baggage that we're carrying around. And how do we do it? We pray. We pray not only for ourselves, not only for God to, to help us begin to forgive, but we pray for the one who has offended us. And Craig Rochelle said this, your prayers for others may or may not change them, but they will always change you. Your prayers may not change the person you're praying for, but they will always change you. 
And this morning, as we, as we get ready just to kind of wrap this all up, I want, you to, I want you to understand something this morning. That it's not okay for us to go through life believing that we don't have to forgive people because Scripture's clear. And let me read just a couple verses to you. We see in multiple places, but I'm just going to read Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. says this, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And then in Mark 11, verse 25, it says, And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. This is why forgiveness is so important, because God told us to do it. You say, man, that's kind of, I mean, that's, he's telling us what to do. Yeah, he does that. He's the savior of the world. He's the creator of the world. He sent his son to die on a cross for us. Yeah, he's telling us what to do. And he says, forgive people because I have forgiven you. Man, if you've experienced the forgiveness of God, your life has changed. You realize that you don't deserve it. You realize that even the smallest, smallest sin is disgusting to a holy God and separates you from His holiness. It separates you from a relationship with Him but because he loved you enough, but because he loved me enough, he sent his son to die on a cross. And when we come to him and we say, hey, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm in need of a savior. And I believe that you've done it all. You've done everything necessary for my salvation. I know that you have. I believe it. I want to follow after you. I want to commit my life to to go wherever you send me. God says, hey, your sins are forgiven. They're forgiven as far as the east is from the west. There's no end. And then we go around being offended and being hurt saying, hey, you don't deserve forgiveness so I'm not going to forgive you. Forgetting the fact that we didn't deserve it either. And God has forgiven us more than we could ever forgive anyone else. And forgiveness doesn't excuse what happened to you. It just highlights how good our God is. Forgiveness doesn't say, hey, you win. You have the power. I'm letting you off the hook. No, it says God wins. I'm giving God control. I'm allowing God to handle the situation. But unforgiveness and and bitterness, not only is it a spiritual issue, but it's a health issue as well. Man, there's been study after study that's proven that living with unforgiveness and bitterness is just an unhealthy way to live life. It causes health issues that we normally wouldn't have.
It's a real thing that we go through. It's a real thing that weighs us down. It's real baggage that we carry. And this morning, my prayer is this, that no one walks out of this room with unforgiveness in their heart. My prayer is that if you've been struggling with with forgiveness, if you've been struggling with really forgiving someone, not saying that you've forgiven someone, I want to be very clear about this. Just because you say I forgive you doesn't mean you've really done it. It comes from the heart. It's, it's, a, it's an action that, that comes from within. It's not just words that we spew out. And my prayer is that no one leaves this room today if they haven't truly forgiven, if they're living with unforgiveness, if they're living with bitterness, if they're living with resentment. Don't leave this place with that baggage. What we're going to do is I'm just going to, I'm going to ask everyone just to stand with me this morning with your heads bowed, your eyes closed. And what I'm going to do is something that we don't do every Sunday. We don't do this all the time, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, I'm going to open the altar for you this morning. And we're calling these steps right here, the altar. But here's the cool thing about God. You don't have to leave where you are. You could talk to God right where you are. But here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to search your heart. And if you're living with unforgiveness, if you're living with that baggage, if it's getting heavy, if you see the collateral damage that it's beginning to cause, if you see that it's led to bitterness and resentment in your life, if you've just been scared to forgive because you really thought it was giving the offender the the victory or you really thought it was excusing the offense, I want you to know this morning that God wants to set you free from that bondage. And I want you to lay that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that resentment at the feet of Jesus. And I want you to leave it there. Man, so often we lay things at the feet of Jesus and we take it back as soon as we get up. That's not how we want to handle it today in this place. We want you to be set free in the name of Jesus. We want Him to get the the glory and the the honor and the praise because you came in weighed down and you're going to leave freed up because of who He is. So this morning as as I pray, I want you to come down and I want you to lay it at the feet of Jesus or if you want to stand where you are, Lay your unforgiveness this morning at God's feet. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.